We are blessed with the opportunity today to hear from someone who has been with us before. He is the Reverend of Second Baptist Church in Rochester. He serves and works with Tiger Paws Ministry as well as oversees the Bees Cafe in Beaver Falls. In 2015, after 26 years in the Air Force, he retired as Master Sergeant. And more than any of that, or maybe just included in all that, the thing he's most probably pleased and proud to say is that he's married to his wife, April. We are proud to call him our friend, and we are grateful to have him here with us. Would you please welcome along with me the Dr. Reverend Brian Crawl. Hello, Pathway. Hello, Pathway. It's just good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Amen. 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 It's good to be here once again with you. I want to thank Pastor John, Pastor Jeff for the invite. And uh, it's just good to be here in their continued commitment to bring racial healing to our county uh, through Beaver County Undivided. I also want to thank you because you invited us in last month and we came and prepared 50,000 meals for those in need. Why don't you give yourselves a hand? Amen. All that to say, I'm just glad to be with the people that I'm going to spend eternity with. Some of y'all act like you ain't happy about that. I don't know who you're sitting next to, but we all going to be together in heaven. Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> I want you to know that the Lord gave me a message just for Pathway. I don't take a message from that I preach the Second Baptist and bring it here to Pathway. I pray to the Lord that he would give me a message just for you. And, but I struggle with it, you know, doubt comes in, the enemy comes in. Uh, but it was confirmed this morning because one of my first emails says, jobs in Newcastle. Then it said, Brian, help want it. <laughs> so that confirmed that this message is just for you. And I want to get straight to it. We find it in Luke 9:57 through 10:3, and I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. It says, "As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, "I will follow you wherever you go." But Jesus replied, "Foxes have dens to live in, and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head." He said to another person, "Come follow me." The man agreed. But he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. But first, let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts their hands to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. We go over to Luke 10, verses 1 through 3. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now go and remember that I am sending you out as lamb among wolves. Pathway Church of Chippewa, Pennsylvania, I'm asking for your prayers this day as I speak from this subject, help wanted. Turn to your neighbor and just tell him help wanted. 
Y'all don't sound too convicted to me. <laughs> they did a pretty good job on the sign. I was going to bring one of those signs that says help wanted, but they beat me to it. But there is help wanted in the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, as we examine our text, I will tell you that we do so with our current condition in mind. Church, we live in a time where we see a great falling away. And so the reality is that we live in the tension between a call to go make disciples and a world that has in large part rejected our message. And so as we examine these passages in Luke, we do so as we know there's a harvest of people who need Jesus, but there's a realization also from what we currently see that the world doesn't want to hear about Jesus. Oh, but my brothers and sisters, uh, my Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. Pathway, we can't let what we see in the world hinder or deter us from our primary task in life. And that is to go be Christian workers for the Lord. We all must be reminded of what it says in Romans, the 10th chapter. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? And how can anyone go without being sent? This is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Pathway, I'm here to let you know we are the beautiful feet that have been tasked by Jesus Christ to bring the good news to the lost. Yes, I know we live in a complicated world. We're pulled in many directions. And yes, I know mama's sick and little Danny got to go to practice and you've got ministry meeting tonight. And yes, I know your neighbor told you that he don't want to hear about all this Jesus stuff. And yes, I know all these things, but I also know that someone named Jesus has made a clarion call saying, help want it. I know that someone named Jesus has sounded the claxton because there's help want it. I'm here to let somebody know this day that someone named Jesus has rung the bell and sent out the alarm that we need more workers because the harvest of those who don't know Jesus Christ is plenty. But I'm here to tell you that the workers who tell them about Jesus are few. Pathway, if there ever was a time that we need more workers, that time is now. And so I say to you today, there's help wanted in the kingdom of God. And so I ask, is there anybody here who wants a job because Jesus is doing the hiring right here on the spot? Can I get a witness this day? Oh, but not so fast. You see, before you accept the job, I think you better read the job description because this job is to be your primary call in life. And I'm pretty sure that the Lord is only accepting application from obedient, faithful, and motivated workers. And I also must tell you that there's a disclaimer that lets potential workers know that this job has risk because we go out into a hostile world as lambs among wolves. Oh, but pathway for those who will deny themselves, for those who will answer the call, for those who know that their labor will not be in vain, great is your reward in heaven. And so I'm here to let somebody know this day that there's help wanted in the kingdom of God. There's help wanted at Pathway. There's help wanted at Second Baptist. There's help wanted because the harvest is plenty. Come on, say it with me. But the workers are few. Somebody knows their Bible. 
So if you're ready, if you've already been hired, then maybe it's your neighbor that's unemployed and needs a job. But so right now I want you to lean over and tell your neighbor there's help wanted because Jesus is hiring. Oh, everybody got a job here. My neighbor, before you take that job, I want you to listen to our first point. Help wanted, but please read the job description. Help wanted, but please read the job description. As we examine these passages in Luke 9, I will tell you that we see three scenarios that have, all have a common theme, and that is to come and follow Jesus. In fact, we find the word follow in each of the three encounters with Jesus. What's more important is, and what our writer Luke is trying to stress is that there is a cost to following Jesus. But in our text, three, three men have let the comforts and cares and companions of this world outweigh their desire and call to follow Jesus. Unfortunately, I think that we don't have to look very far in this complicated and sophisticated world in which we live to find believers of Jesus who have left the comforts and cares and companions of this world outweigh our primary call in life to go make disciples. First, as believers, we need to understand that our primary call in life is, is to go make disciples, and it's contained in the Great Commission of Matthew 19, 28 and 19. At some point, some point somebody might say today, uh, 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 Reverend, uh, I know it's important, but the question is whether it's primary. Well, if we go to Ephesians 4, verse 1, this is where the Apostle Paul says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech or beg you to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called. Now, we in the 21st century, 21st century Christians would take that word vocation and apply it to what we do for a living. But you see, that word for what we do for a living is called avocation and is secondary to our primary call in life. I think Jesus says it this way. If anyone wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. But in our text, Mr. Too Hasty is more concerned about the comforts of this life. Mr. Too Hesitant was more concerned about the cares of this life. And Mr. Too Homesick was more concerned about the companions of this life. And so my brothers and sisters, yes, help is wanted and help is needed. But before you take the job, remember, you can't be too hasty, too hesitant or too concerned about the avocations of this life. In other words, read the job description before you take the job. Many interpreters call these passages the cost of following Jesus. And just for today, we're saying read the job description before you take the job. But the fact of the matter is that most of us here today have already accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so guess what? We've already been hired. And so we must shape our daily actions as employees of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And just like on a job site where there are many jobs to support the mission, each of us must find that job that is just right for us. Now, I will tell you that there was a brother who went here to Pathway 
who has accepted his job by challenging me and others daily to live out our call to make disciples. And, and that brother, some of you may know, some of you may even get those text messages, those daily text messages that challenge us to live out our call and go and make disciples. Does anybody know Mark Stevens? Amen. Amen. A few of you know Mark Stevens. If you don't know, uh, we, we who do know him know that that brother has accepted his primary call, his primary vocation to go make disciples. And he strives daily to do so in every place that he goes. He's preaching Jesus. But I will point out that not everybody is called to go and follow Jesus and make disciples like Mark Stevens. However, I must stress that we've all been called to do so. 1 Corinthians 12 and 7 reminds us that we have all been gifted in some way. It says that we have a spiritual gift that is given to each of us to help each other. Help each other do what? Help each other in our primary vocation to go and make disciples. I guess what I'm trying to say is that if we want to truly follow Jesus, then we must understand our primary call. We must understand that we've been gifted with some ability to carry out our call and then understand that our challenge is to figure out what it looks like for each of us. Just maybe, just maybe you've been called to the five-fold ministry of being an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher. Or maybe you've been called to the ministry of intercessory prayer, prayer. Or maybe you're to use your finances to help in ministry. Whatever it may be, know that we've all been gifted. And if you're not living out your primary call, then your name just might be Mr. or Mrs. Too Hasty, Too Hesitant, or Too Homesick. And so I don't know about you, but I'd rather be known by Jesus as the one who gave up the comforts of this life and the hesitations and the companions of this life. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather be known by Jesus as the one who picked up my cross and followed him. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather be known by Jesus as the one who walked worthy of the vocation wherewith I was called. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather be known by Jesus as the one who started stirred up the gift of God which was in me and I don't know about you but I'm not going to be too hasty or too hesitant or too tied to the companions of this life no my brothers and my sisters I'm gonna pick up my cross and I'm gonna walk worthy of my call and I'm gonna stir up my gift and I'm gonna lay down my own way I'm gonna read the job description because I heard Jesus Christ was hiring on the spot and if you know the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. If you're ready to go to work with me this day, then why don't we give our supervisor, Jesus Christ, a browsing hand of a praise. See, I might have tricked you a little bit on that one because that hand clap signified that you're ready to go to work. And so tomorrow, 5 a.m. sharp, meet me in the parking lot. Because there's a lot of souls that need to be saved. Can I get a witness this day? Who's going to be there? <laughs> Why? Because the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. This brings us to our second point. Help wanted, but only for the obedient, faithful, and motivated. Let's look at verse, the first two verses of chapter 10. 
the Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now we see in verse one that Luke points out two things. First, he says the Lord. That's pointing to the one in charge. And for our purposes today, that means Jesus Christ is our supervisor. You gonna work with me on that today? And, and two, the, chron the chronology of this text comes right after we count the cost, which means that these 72 have read the job description and they're willing to pick up their crosses. In Luke verse two, he points out the fact that there's much work to be done. And since we can never do the work by ourselves, Luke stresses reliance and faithfulness on praying to the Lord of the harvest for more workers. I think we could conclude from these two verses and we can sum them up in willing workers who are obedient and faithful to the Lord are therefore motivated to do his work. That takes us back to our main point. Help wanted, but only for the obedient, faithful, and motivated. When it comes to those three attributes, we can look to Cain and Abel and ask the question of why the Lord accepted Abel's sacrifice and rejected Cain's. It comes down to those three attributes. The sacrifice was to be of the best. And Cain's sacrifice came from what was left over, and therefore it was unacceptable to God. When it comes to, again, to obedience, faithfulness, and motivation, we examine Jonah, who was told to go to wicked Nineveh with a message from the Lord. But instead of exhibiting those three attributes, Jonah made up in his own mind that he wanted nothing to do with Nineveh and went his own way. We know that Jonah and Cain both suffered the consequences of their disobedience, unfaithfulness, and lack of motivation. By these examples, we see that we can suffer from the lack of these three significant employment attributes. And pathway, we can't do so because the world, just like Nineveh, needs this message that the Lord has given us to save their souls. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 and Ephesians 4, 1 both tell us that we've been given gifts to help the spreading of the gospel. And Matthew 28, 19 and 20 is our great commission and command to go spread this gospel message. So we've been equipped and commanded, but I ask how many of us have been obedient and faithful? And furthermore, how many of us are unemployed because we are unmotivated to go and do the work. And so if you're disobedient today, like Jonah and Cain, repent this day. Ask for a job application and go to work. If you're unmotivated like Jonah and Cain this day, get motivated by the fact that someone witnessed to you, now it's your turn to witness to someone else. If you're looking for Christian work of witnessing for Jesus Christ this day, I need to let you know that there's help wanted on the highways and the byways. There's help wanted in the streets and in the suites. There's help wanted at Giant Eagle and at Walmart and at the YMCA. There's help wanted in your family and help wanted at your neighbors and help wanted at Pathway and help wanted at Baptist Church. So if you're looking for some good work, I'm here to 
let somebody know this day because the harvest is plenty and the workers are few. There is help wanted at somewhere, someplace right near you. Oh, can I get an amen this morning, this evening? There's help wanted. There's help wanted. Now, when I said there was help wanted at Giant Eagle and Walmart, I wasn't talking about no monetarily paying job, okay? I'm talking about a job preaching Jesus that, play, pray, that pays eternally. Y'all look like highfalutin folk. I don't think none of y'all would work at Walmart or, or, or what's that, Giant Eagle, huh? <laughs> we all got to start somewhere, don't we? <laughs> amen, amen. But there's help wanted in the kingdom of God. And we can go to work anytime we want. You know, we want to go because on that last great day, we want Jesus to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You used the tools that I gave to you to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. As opposed to this, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I know you not. And that leads us to our last point. Help want it, but know that the job has risk. Help want it, but know that the job does have risk. Jesus here in our text tells the 72 disciples, and he's telling us that have also been sent, beware of the wolves. In chapter 10, verse 3, Jesus says this, Now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Jesus also tells us that in this world we will have tribulation and because the world hated me, it will also hate you. That's us. And Pathway, don't we see it clearly today? More and more hostility directed towards the church. Right now, laws have been enacted and continue to be uh, passed that limit our witness to the lost. No religious symbols at the courthouse, no prayer in schools. We can't even talk about Jesus on our jobs. We are indeed living in a time that is increasingly looking like the first century when the world was very unkind and hostile to believers of Jesus. And so our text reminds us that we go out as lambs among wolves. And so this too is why we must pray to the Lord of the harvest, who is none other than Jesus, to send more workers. But I will tell you this, that we play an active role in our duty and our call to be witnesses for Jesus. You see, we need to understand that the wolf is a pack animal. And if we apply this spiritually to our situation as Christian workers, we understand that our opposition is multifaceted and numerous. In other words, our opposition comes in many forms and we must keep our eye on the big picture. And that is ministering the gospel to the lost. You see, we don't have time to get bitten by the wolf of racism. We don't have time to get bitten by the wolf of denominationalism and the wolf of classism and nationalism. I guess what I'm trying to say is we can't leave ourselves to be vulnerable, to be bitten by anything that will leave the harvest in the fields. We can't get distracted by all those peripheral things that will keep us unfocused and divided from doing the work that Jesus himself has 
task the people of God to do. And so, my friends, we must be ever so vigilant and unified and motivated and obedient and undeterred and undistracted and unwavering and committed to our areas of mission. Why? Because Jesus Christ himself tells us that the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. And so, my friends, uh, uh, I say to you this day, it's time to fire Mr. Too Hasty. It's time to let Mr. Too Hesitant go, and it's time to relieve Mr. Too Homesick of his duties. Pathway Church, I'm here to tell you this day that it's time to fire Miss Disobedient and Miss Unmotivated and Mr. Unfaithful, and it's time to give a permanent pink slip to Johnny, stay ye therefore. Pathway, I'm here to let you know this day that it's time to make a clarion call. It's time to sound the claxton, ring the bell, and send out the alarm because we've got some vital positions open in the kingdom of God. So I'm here to tell you that there's help wanted in Chippewa and Manaka and Beaver Falls. Help wanted in Aliquippa, New Brighton, and Rochester. Help wanted because we need more workers to go into this lost and dying world and and be those beautiful feet who bring the good news about Jesus Christ. And what is this good news that we bring? We bring a message that saves souls and set captives free. We've been sent as Christian workers to tell a man that we know that saved a wretch like you and like me. A savior who lived on this earth, died our sinner's death, but rose on the third day with all power in his hand. We've been sent as Christian workers to tell the harvest that our supervisor and our savior, our redeemer and our Lord is coming back again when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. And so if you will pray to the Lord of the harvest for more workers with me this day, then let us bow our heads. Lord, place on each of us an obedient and faithful heart that desires and is motivated to be the beautiful feet who share the good news, the good news about Jesus Christ everywhere we go. And we pray these things in the precious, precious and mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's children did say, Amen. Amen. God bless you this evening.